Bon dimanche, nous sommes très contents que vous soyez ici aujourd'hui avec nous. Uh, we are so glad that you are here with us today uh, because we have come to find some encouragement, yes, and direction from God's Word. But the truth is uh, that we all know this has been an incredibly sad week for the Maritimes. Uh, there are some of you who are here with us from other places around the world, and maybe you've seen the news that here in Moncton, we are on the border between Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. And last week in Nova Scotia, where a lot of us are from, there are 22 people who were killed in a senseless act of violence. And we say senseless because this is something that literally does not make any sense to us. And listen, our hearts grieve with you. God's heart grieves with you. And it leaves all of us asking, how could someone do something so evil? And, and how could God allow so many innocent people to be killed? and those families to suffer so greatly. And, and of course, if that's not bad enough, how could all of this happen in the midst of a horrible worldwide coronavirus pandemic? And you know what? I think it all comes back to what we talked about two weeks ago on Easter Sunday. If you'll remember, that day we looked at what the Bible says about this very subject. Why should we believe in God when there is so much suffering and evil in the world? And so we talked about this question, that many atheists and agnostics and even people of faith struggle with. If God is good, then why does He allow horrible things like this to happen? And so listen, I want to encourage you to go to our website and watch that teaching from two weeks ago on April 12th. Because when I felt like God wanted for me to talk about that two weeks ago, I had no idea that it would be so relevant to what we are going through today here in the Maritimes of Canada. And also, if you go to our Facebook page, you'll see that this past week on Wednesday, Pastor Nathan, who is from Truro, Nova Scotia, gave an amazing devotional to talk about Again, why these things so often happen and how much we need Jesus. Because listen, let me just remind you something, that God has answers for you today. And actually, no, let me, let me say that more accurately. Here, here's the more, the more correct way to say that. Listen, God is the answer for you today. And so maybe you could go back and watch that Bible teaching from Easter Sunday April 12th. And listen, that's also why I'm glad that you're here with us today. Because today, we are going to wrestle with this question of confidence. Do you feel confident today? And you, you ask, well, Joel, confident in what? You might ask, do I feel confident in the economy? And of course, we don't know what's going to happen. Or you might ask, do, do I feel confident in the government? And of course, they're trying their best, but, but who knows? Do, do I feel, feel confident in my health? 
And, and the answer is surely not. Because if there's anything that we have learned in this season, it is, it is that any of us could die at any moment. And the fact is, that shakes our confidence. And so I want you to listen to what Proverbs chapter 103, Proverbs 103, verse 15 and 16 says, it says, our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows and we are gone as though we had never been here. And that shakes us because today in, in modern society, we don't think like that. Now, for most of human history, People were used to tragedies like this. Most people died at a young age. People died in war and battles and violence. People did not have modern medicine. I mean, today we expect that if you get sick, you'll just go to the hospital and they'll do their little medicine magic and you'll get better. But in modern society, when times like these come along, we are shocked to realize what the Bible has said all along, that life is frail, that none of us have a clue what's going to happen, not today or tomorrow or the day after that. And as this reality sweeps over Eastern Canada in this time of shock and grief, it is so easy for our confidence to become shaken. And so I want to ask you to go ahead right now and grab your Bible, and let's find Psalm 30. Psalm 30 is right in the middle of your Bible. And uh, the guy we're going to look at today in Scripture at first seems like the ultimate success story. Uh, when you first meet this guy, he seems perfect. He literally went from rags to riches. Uh, he grew up as the youngest child in a working family. He became a famous musician, known throughout the land for his musical talent. And then he served in the military, and he proved his courage in battle. And eventually, he became the king of his own country. Is that enough? Those of you who know the Bible, who are we talking about? King David of ancient Israel. And David had everything the world says you need to make you happy. In fact, listen to what he says here in the middle of verse 30. In, in verse 6, David says, When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Uh, the Living Bible translates verse 6 and says, In my prosperity, I said, this is forever. Nothing can stop me now. And yet, in this same chapter, David actually admits that this feeling that he had was a lie, that he was wrong about that. And in the rest of Psalm 30, David says, that is how we so often live. I mean, we walk around with this false sense of security. We think that we are, are safe and secure, because after all, look at where we live. It seems like nothing bad should be able to happen to us here. But the Bible warns 
against this kind of thinking. In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12, it says, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. In other words, over the last month or so, and especially with the horrific violence in our region here in eastern Canada, one of the greatest dangers in life is failing to realize how much we need God. And so in just a little bit, we're going to go through all of Psalm 30, the whole thing. But before we look at the whole chapter, first, what I want to do is just pick out a few of the verses. And and first, if you look at verse 1, David says, I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths. You lifted me out of the depths. So the first thing David did was to look back at who he used to be. And especially if you're a Christian, it is easy sometimes to forget what life was like before you surrendered to Jesus. If you're a Christian, it's easy to forget what it was like back when you did not have the hope of Jesus and this promise of eternal life. Do you remember how you used to be afraid of death because you didn't know what was going to happen after you died? You you thought this life was all there is? Back before you knew Jesus, do you remember how you used to be afraid of what what everybody would, would do to you or what other people would say about you? But David says in verse three, oh Lord, you brought me up from that grave. And then down in verse 11, David says, and you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth, which is a symbol of grieving and sadness and sorrow. And so what David did here is he thought back to those times in his life when he had been far from God. He thought back to when he was arrogant, back back to when he used to think that the world revolves around me. And David says, you need to know that there was a turning point in his life. And that is a point that we all need to come to. And here it is. Are you right? Are you ready? The turning point is when you realize two things. When you realize, number one, there is a God. And number two, you are not him. Those are two life-changing revelations. Because we live in a world that says you should be your own God. You should be able to shape your own destiny, do whatever you feel like, live however you want to live. But one of the most powerful discoveries in life is when you realize that you are not as smart as you think you are. You are not as secure as you think you are. Whatever talents you have, it's because God gave those talents to you. Whatever opportunities you have, it's because God gave them to you. There's an old story about John Bradford. He was a pastor in England back in the 1500s, 500 years ago. And back then, they would parade a criminal through the streets of the city on their way to be hung on the gallows. And so as they would lead the criminal to their death, through the streets of the city, people would scoff and spit out words of scorn against the accused. 
but John Bradford would see that same criminal on their way to the gallows, and instead of contempt, he would look with compassion and say, there but for the grace of God go I. In other words, he said, you know what? That could have been me. He realized that he could have ended up in that exact same place if God had not gotten a hold of his life. And so he would look at that criminal and say, you know what? That could have been me. There but for the grace of God go I. Because John Bradford had a profound understanding of God's work in his life. We've had an awesome time of God's moving in the last year here at Moncton Wesleyan. We've had a number of people who've made decisions and, and prayed to give their lives to Jesus. And folks, listen, if you are one of those new believers, or maybe you've been a Christian for a while, but you've become discouraged and defeated today, can I just take a minute to remind you of your identity in Christ Jesus, what the Bible says about you? Because if you're in Jesus, the Bible says that you have been justified, completely forgiven, and made right before God. Through Christ's death for your sins, you have been freed from the power of sin over your life. You have been given the mind of Christ. You are significant to God. In fact, so much so that he bought you with the price of the life of his son. You now belong to God. And since you died, you no longer live for self, but for Christ. You were chosen in Christ to be holy and without blame. You have received more abundant life. You have been raised up and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. You can boldly approach the throne of God because the blood of Jesus has covered over your unrighteousness. You are no longer under Satan's power. You are a child of the king. Your debt has been canceled. The price has been paid. Your slate is wiped clean. You are a new creature. Christ is in you. You have been made complete in him. You have been given a spirit of power, of love, and self-control. And Jesus is not just your master. He has also called you brother and sister. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of Jesus and every promise found in God's Word is available to you as long as you choose to walk with Him. <laughs> Come on now, listen. That's why we call this stuff the gospel, which means good news. It, one of the things that I miss about not being together in person each week is uh, my buddy Ian McDonald. Because in the, in the atrium at church, every Sunday... Over the last year or so, he'll come walking by after church and he'll bump me on the elbow and say, Joel, it's not just the good news, it's the best news ever. <laughs> Amen? And so whatever you do, I want you to stop listening to what the world says about you and start listening to what God says about you. Because guess what? That's why we gave you this assignment last week. Do you remember last week? We created a website at mw.church slash God is with 200 scripture passages, 100 verses about who God is, 
so that you can get your mind set on Him, and a hundred verses about who God says you are. And, and I wonder, how many of you have gotten started on that? I mean, maybe right now, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or one of the streaming platforms, could you tell us in the comments right now, just go ahead right now and say, hey, I'm doing the assignment. I'm doing it, Joel. I'm doing the assignment. Tell us if you're doing it and tell us if it's making a difference. Come on, testify. And, and while you're typing those comments, here is a story of somebody who moved here to Moncton and is part of our church now. And I want you to listen to this story of what God has been doing. My name is David Cook. I'm 27 years old and I'm from Cape Breton Island. I've been in the recovery program for three months. I've had opiate addiction since I was about 12 years old. Got really bad in my addiction. I started stealing from every different store and everybody that I know. And started going in and out of jail. Did a lot of time in jail. The lowest point of my life was being homeless. I was homeless on the streets in Halifax and having nobody but myself. Couldn't handle it anymore. I was ready for change. I was looking for many different places to go. I wasn't talking to my parents for most of my addiction because they were mad at me for all the things I stole from them and everything like that. But when they knew that I was ready to get clean, my father quickly stepped in and he took me to his place while I found a, while I, till I found the rehab that I was gonna go to. And someone told me about Harvest House. Definitely the best move I ever made coming there. I've been clean the longest I've ever been in my life. Right away, as soon as I got, as soon as I came to the Harvest House, the guys all make you feel very welcome. Uh, guys that I've known for just a short period of time are more friends to me than people that I've known my whole life. The 12-step program is actually my, probably my favorite. We do a group at 6.30. We all sit around and kind of share stories and read scriptures. We do another thing called the praise circle where everybody in the circle has to say two good things about somebody else. It really brings people's uh, confidence up in the house. I've learned that. I'm actually a pretty likable guy. More patient than I ever thought I was. My hopes for the future are to stay clean and get plugged in, stay plugged in with the church that I go to now and uh, stick around Harvest House and disciple guys the best I can, help them the way I was helped by other people. Isn't that fantastic? Oh, we love you, David. Way to go, man. And listen, none of us are perfect, right? We all fall down sometimes. And we need each other and the love of Jesus to pick us back up again. And so, uh, so far, we've just been picking through some of the verses in Psalm 30. But I think now it's time 
uh, for us to go back and let's read the whole thing together from beginning to end. Here's what David says in this prayer. He says, I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. O Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. Sing to the Lord, you saints of His, praise His holy name, for His anger lasts only a moment, but His favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. O Lord, you favored me. You made my mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What gain is there in my destruction, in my going down into the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy that my heart may sing to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. See, listen, friends, without Christ, I am nothing, but in Christ, I have everything. And so right now, maybe your confidence has been shaken in this season. But that is only if you're placing your confidence in self. See, it's only a problem if you're trusting in your own wisdom, in your own power, your own understanding, your own ability. But if, however, all of your courage and confidence comes from your faith in God, then there is no limit. Listen to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. Which makes me think about a movie this week. Uh, I, I've been thinking about this movie that I haven't seen in forever. It was one of the most popular movies that came out when I was growing up. And it was called Footloose, starring Kevin Bacon. I wonder how many of you have seen that. And by the way, I am not recommending the movie. But, but I love something that happened many years later. Kevin Bacon tells about what happened the first time he allowed his six-year-old son to see Footloose. At a certain point in the movie, he stopped and, and, and his son asked, Hey, Dad, Dad, you, you know that thing in the movie? where like you swing around in the rafters of the building and stuff. Dad, that is so cool. How did you do that? I didn't know you could do that. And, and Kevin Bacon confessed, well, son, I didn't actually do that part. That was a stuntman. And his son asked, Dad, Dad, what's a stuntman? And Kevin Bacon said, well, well, son, that's a person who dresses up in my clothes and they do the things that I cannot do on my own. 
And so his son is trying to figure out how all this works. And, and so the little six-year-old said, well, Dad, you, how about that part? You remember that part in the movie where you spin around on a gym bar and you flip up in the air and then you land down on your feet? Dad, that was so cool. How did you do that? And, and, and he said, well, son, I didn't actually do that part on my own. He said, that was a gymnastics double. Dad, what's a gymnastics double? And he said, well, son, that is a, a guy who dresses up in my clothes and he comes and, and does the things that I cannot do. So I love the next part where the little boy, he got really serious and said with a concerned voice, okay, dad, in this movie, what exactly did you do? And Kevin Bacon basically admitted, well, son, as a movie star, you know, I'm the one who got all the glory. And I know that's not a perfect example, but, but it kind of reminds me of what Jesus does in our lives. That, that if we invite him, the spirit of God literally comes inside of us and makes changes and does things in us and through us that we could never do on our own. Because that is the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the power of God at work in us. And that is what gives us confidence and strength when we set our eyes on Jesus. But don't miss this. Listen, here's the difference. Unlike Kevin Bacon, we are not allowed to take any of the glory for ourselves. Now and forevermore, all of the glory belongs to God. Amen? Let me, let me see in the, in the comments if you say amen. And so if you're here today and you have never surrendered to Jesus, maybe these words from King David resonate with you. Here in Psalm 30, when David says, O Lord my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me up from the grave. You spared me from going down into the pit. And whatever grave you're in today, whatever pit you are in today, will you let Jesus be your salvation? In fact, maybe you need to visit Online Alpha, the Alpha session that's going to happen after the service today, to explore these questions of the meaning of life and death. Who is God? Where is He in the midst of all of this? And so I invite you to join us for Alpha today. But, but for some of you, maybe, maybe you're ready to pray right now. And as we get ready to pray, if you are ready to, to surrender your life to Jesus, the Bible says it's really simple, that we need to confess that we've been trying to do life uh, life on our own, that we've been trying to, to depend upon our own strength and our own power, and that we've been selfish and pushed God away in our lives. That's confession. But we also need to believe, believe that Jesus died on the cross to take the punishment for sin that we deserved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Anyone who comes to me, that's the way to the Father. Amen? And so right now, if you're ready to come to him, would you just join me in a prayer like this? Heavenly Father, 
Lord, we thank you today for how you have spoken to us in your word through King David. Thank you for this prayer that he prayed thousands of years ago and what it teaches us about the source of our confidence, the source of the security that we need in our lives. And so, Lord, right now, there are people not just around this city or even around this province or this region, but literally there are people with us right now all around the world. Some of you right now are ready to surrender to him. And so just right now, tell him, Heavenly Father, I confess my sin. I confess how much I need you. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross so that I can be forgiven, so that I can experience new life. And so I receive your gift of salvation. Come in and change me. Wash me clean. And I promise to put you first in my life and try to live my life according to your word. And right now as well, Father, for those, maybe even those who have been believers for years or decades, who are maybe struggling today. Lord, may we be encouraged and strengthened by the truth of your word as we go out into this world, even if that means just digitally, <laughs> as we're homebound, to go out into this world in whatever context you have placed us in and to share the love of Jesus with everybody we know because you are truly the hope that we need. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, and everybody say amen. And listen, if you prayed that prayer today, would you let us know? Go to mw.church slash connect card. Do it right now. And there's a box that you can check that says, I have decided to follow Jesus today. And we'll follow up with you later this week. And so please stick around because in just a few minutes, at the end, Pastor Liz is going to come back and she's going to share some really important stuff with you, stuff that you do not want to miss. But first, let's declare our confidence in God. And don't just listen. Let's sing these words out loud as a declaration of who you are in Christ Jesus. Jesus.